eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is. Another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack Fritz, last I remember, the Phillies won a game 12-2. They won five straight. We're in first place. And then I blacked out. I don't remember anything that's happened since. I'm just going to assume it's all been good. How are you? Yeah, well, uh, I actually think that yo is uh, symptomatic of also, what happened to the baseball team over the weekend? <laughs> I tried. That yeah. was. I'm happy you caught that. That was the intent. That started, was the intent of the app. Started out hot, ended yep. up being not. Yep. Well said, my friend. I mean, well just... said. I mean, it's been a while since we could talk and say that this Phillies team, that for the last what, like three and a half years or whatever, has specialized in gut wrenching, soul crushing gut punch losses it's rare that we can come on and say jack was that the worst one yet could it have actually been the worst one yet because i think it might have been the worst one yet um so i agree it, it, <laughs> i don't know i don't know how i felt in the the moments of the other ones like the ones that come to mind is like the 2018 nationals game where they blew the it dodgers the hector the game. hector game um like uh, the 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 pop the game comes to mind. Like the, there there are those games, but like that that Marlins game. Oh, but dude, like, it is is it is it worse than nineteen to eleven? I think so. Dude, I, I mean, think like, it's worse than nineteen dude, to eleven too. They were three one in the ninth, four three in the eleventh, and seven four in the twelfth. Like yeah, it's worse, man. It's worse. And down to their last strike. Like I mean, it's just yeah. it's worse, dude. And it's like you know I I don't really like. I don't get this way with sports anymore where it like ruins the next couple of days. Like I still get there. <laughs> I still get I there with the Eagles, uh, Phillies games. Like it for the night, it ruins me, dude. I was like legitimately in a funk for, for a whole, the whole next day. Like until I sat, oh, it looked like the Phillies were too, Jack. 
They, yeah, I mean, I get it, but you know, they're they're you know, major league baseball players. They should be able to uh, separate the two. Um, but I was just, I, I was just crushed. I was absolutely crushed. I couldn't get over it. Um, it felt like a win the whole time. Um, and like, and you know, they they fought back, and it's like nice. We're seeing some fight on the road. Like they just scored three in the twelfth or whatever. And yeah, sure, it was on a throwing error by the pitcher, which was like so Phillies by the Braves, but. Um, like he loaded the bases, hard yeah. hit the ball hard. He Ugh. just hit it at the pitcher. Like they did things to win that game. Nikki Clutch, Maton, like they did stuff. But again, look, the Phillies had their own Phillies moment, Didi Gregorius. Um, and then like you know, just the bullpen, twenty twenty style. And by the way, I mean like Hector, mm. bro, making like, us look bad. The timing, literally the first time he pitches yep. since we do this whole Hector's protectors thing. It, like, honestly, you made us look like assholes, Hector. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a little upset about it. I still love you and I will defend you. But bad timing, man. Bad yeah. timing. It was JT's fault, though. Right, Jack? <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I tried I tried to warn people last time and to have it manifest like that. And, you know. It's just, you know, why, 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 why are you calling a fastball there? Like how many times do we have to watch Pablo Sandoval hit before you're like, Hey, you know what we should do? Not throw him a fastball. And I know he Every missed Every pitch it. should be a splitter. And Every I, pitch. I know. Only splitters. I know he missed his spot. I get it. But it's the, it's the process. Why in the world are you, th- first off, you threw a fastball a pitch before and got away with it. Like, why are you throwing it again? Like, why are you throwing it again? And 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 there's a lot of people that say, well, that could have been Caleb Gotham making the pitching call. Then why is it so much different when Andrew Knapp is catching? Like, why? And, and it's just like, you know, to make that call in that scenario where he swung at a splitter out of the zone to make it 0-1 is utterly insane. Like, I know he reads the scouting reports. I know everyone knows Pablo Sandoval will swing at pitches outside the zone. Like, that's what he does. And it's like... What are you doing? Like, why are you throwing a fastball in that scenario? I was so, I was so mad, like so mad. He called a fastball there because, because like, then again, like the, the the conversation around Hector drives me crazy. Because like you know, everyone whenever he blows the game, it's like, oh, this guy shouldn't even be on the major league roster, and it's like that. Uh, it's so annoying, dude. We had we had multiple callers say that today. Multiple multiple callers say he doesn't belong in a bullpen, and I was like, you're an asshole. Like, sorry, I'm again, I'm throwing like. You know, I'm frustrated, but like, that's so stupid. Like if you want to argue, he should be the closer. We can have that discussion. Like that's a discussion we can have, but to say he shouldn't be on the roster is, is asinine. He's one of your four best relievers, like at worst, like what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, and like, and it just fuels all the conversation and it just drives me crazy. Cause like, oh, like objectively, he's a good pitcher. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a very good pitcher on major league baseball. Should he be the closer? I think he should be, but I, I can see the case that you want someone that throws hard, harder back there and whatnot. And, and, you know, when you have an inning, and, and to be honest, like I never feel fully confident when he comes into a ball game. I mean, no. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm like, we've everyone... had too many of those moments. Yeah. Like, well, he would have to, he would have to go on like a Brad Lidge-esque run to not have, cause every time it happens, it just magnifies, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, it was just, it was just a crushing game. It was a crushing game. I, I'm not over it. I mean, imagine how much different we feel taking two or three from the Braves, you know, coming back in that game after the Hector blows it and showing the the mental fortitude to do that. Um, 
And then they, they, they lay the stink bomb last night. And it's like, oh, great. So all the good vibes from the 12-2 are, are gone. And, and we're back to questioning if this Not team's... Not just the 12-2, yeah. the, the five straight. Yeah, no, it's the five straight and the 12-2 and all those. Like with two losses, the five straight is like, eh, whatever. Oh, I know. I know. It's it's not. And then every time they have games like this, we always have to like, you know, you know, relitigate if this team's good or not. And it's just like, can't you guys just make it easy every once in a while? You know, go on a nice little sustained run. Go down. Go. Don't completely crap down your legs on the road. You know, what, just, <laughs> just be a normal baseball team. And also, like, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it, but it's like, how many times do we have to just lose painfully on the road? Like it's the road. It's I get it's different. I get it's not home, but like you can't be considered a real contender if you can't win on the road. You only play 81 home games, and sure, they're a great home team. They're the best home team in baseball right now. But you can't sustain that. You can't win consistently if you're just good at home, and that's what sunk this team. And we have six more road games, and I'm not looking forward to them. Yeah, it's not just six more. They also have another nine-game road trip after that. It's fifteen of the next. It was it was eighteen of the next twenty-four with the starting of the Braves trip, and now it's still fifteen of the next twenty-four on the road, Jag. And it's like I, I don't ever remember this in baseball. Like you'll see this in basketball, you'll see this in football, right? You'll see these teams that just for whatever reason struggle on the road or are just unbelievable at home or whatever. But like. It's not a baseball thing. Like baseball is not that kind of sport. Like it's so rare that you see, you know, teams are either good or bad. It's so rare that you see a team that has this kind of stark home road splits. Like I don't ever remember Jack. Like I can't think of another Phillies team I've ever watched. that was like this drastically bad on the road compared to how they are at home. Like we've talked about it before. And I like your, like, you know, they have to create some energy on the road thing, but like, what is it? Like you play baseball your whole life. Like what is it? And also like, what can they do? Like, what can they, cause, cause I'm at the point where if I'm Joe Girardi, if I'm Sam Folden, Dave Dombrowski, like I'm saying, okay, like this is clearly a thing. Like there is something here. This is not something we can fluff off as, as small sample size or whatever. Like this is years in a row of this group of guys, this team not being able to to muster it up on the road. And like, I would look at everything we're doing. I would look at every single process that we have in terms of our road trips. What, like, what could it be, Jack? I'm, I'm, I'm honestly perplexed by this. Yeah. I mean, what are they? 80 and 123 now, I think. I mean, what is since, that? Since 2018. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's insane. Um, And the more and more I watch this team, and it always feel, and again, it always feels like they come up small when I need them. Like, I needed, I needed that game Sunday. Like after Saturday, like I needed that game. I know. And and Nola need it. You, we texted about it. You yeah. and I texted each other. Like, like we, like I need. I almost, I almost tweeted must win game tonight. And I was like, all right, that it's May, and people, too many people will be like annoying, and it's like mostly a joke. But like in a way, it felt like you gotta freaking win this game tonight for me. Like you have to. Yeah, turns out they didn't. Um, but, <laughs> but I, but I do wonder. And I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but I do, I do genuinely feel that, you know, it's it's hard to build team chemistry when everyone comes in from the outside, and you don't grow up winning together. And like, I think the 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 consistently over the years, the best teams in baseball have homegrown talent that they add a core a, a, a guy from the outside but he's coming into that culture. Like you saw with Mookie last year 
Like obviously Mookie's already a phenomenal phenomenal player. No where no no matter where he goes, he's going to be great. But like the Dodgers already had a set, you know, culture there. And he just fit into that and they took off. Like they had to they, when they brought in Bryce, Hoskins was really the only guy that had been here. Um and he wasn't even here that long. It was like a season and a half at that point. Nola, he's not really like the the rah-rah guy, obviously. We've talked to Aaron Nola. Like we've heard Aaron Nola talk. I mean, he's just He's a guy that goes about his business and he's good. Um, Eflin is just starting to come into his own now. Like they don't have the guys in there that created the culture and they 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 developed it and won in the minor leagues and came up and and developed their the the culture of the major league level. Like they they brought in Bryce, they brought in JT, they brought in Wheeler, um, you know, and they brought in Gene Segura, they brought in McCutcheon, like they brought in all these guys, Didi, they brought in all these guys. And they're trying to put it all together. And I just don't think that – I don't think I think they're almost, like, running out of time to do it. You know? Like, I think, realistically, they kept it together. I think next year is really when we're going to see a difference on the road. But, like, these guys, they don't know how to win on the road because I don't think they know how to win together. Like, they're all just kind of different pieces brought in together and hope that they can fit into a puzzle. And you, you just can't win that way. Like, you just can't win big by doing that. It, it doesn't – like – the 09 Yankees are the are the example, but Jeter, Posada, and Rivera were there. You know, A Rod was there. Sure, they brought in Teixeira, they brought in Burnett, they brought in um, Cece, but there was already an established culture there, so it's not the same thing. Bryce, JT, and those guys are are tasked with with building a culture, but coming from an outside place to build a culture, and they can't do it. Like they can't do it because that's not how that's not how you win. No one really knows each other, so I just think it's gonna take it's gonna take longer than we thought it was. Yeah, uh, no, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Look, you've seen teams in the history of baseball; it's so rare. I mean, like the '97 Marlins are one that jump out to me that were able to bring in a bunch of pieces and win a World Series with it. And even that team, like they had an an all time great manager in Jim Leland, at least for his era a uh you know leaders on the guys like Darren Dalton like who were like a massive influence on how that team played on a day-to-day basis and stuff like that and this team like you know look I think JT's a a great baseball player and a great like leaderish type I think Bryce has leader tendencies and all that but like none of these guys have ever done it like they've never been the leader of a team they don't have that infrastructure that experience even McCutcheon like McCutcheon was never on any, like, he made the playoffs a couple times in Pittsburgh, but wasn't, like, on any real teams, wasn't in any real situations. And even then, like, his personality um, isn't that that kind of personality. We've seen that. Like, he's awesome. I love his personality. But it's not, like, get behind me, boys. I'm going to ride you to glory personality. Like, and to your point, too, like, on the staff, they don't have those guys. I mean, like, that's not Nola. That's not Eflin. Wheeler, like, it certainly doesn't seem like that's who he is so far. Like, yeah, I, so, do, I don't think you really need it on the staff as much as no, you, you need the, it less. I yeah, agree. But regardless, just on this team, like to your point, like it doesn't like, they might be able to like bond and like each other and stuff, but it, I, I don't know. Like, we don't know what, if this is a, like, again, to your point, like they're not fine. And, and, and that's why I get on Girardi. Cause it's like this group of guys clearly is not able to, find it within themselves to muster up the the energy, the this, the that, whatever it takes to, to win these game, real games consistently. Like, what are, you, what are you doing, Joe? Like, what are you doing? Like, what what's, what is Joe Girardi's job other than to, to make double switches every five seconds mm-hmm. 
and and make bad bullpen decisions. Like other than to get these guys ready to play on a day to day basis on a grind of a baseball season. Like I don't know. Like a- am I wrong to bring that back to Girardi at a certain point? Yeah, I man, I don't think you're wrong. I just don't know. I don't know. You know what what it is. I I just I think it's in the DNA of the team, and I do think that I do think that Bryce and JT, as the longer that they're here, it'll get better. I like I agree. It, like it'll get better. Like it, it takes a long. I just think it takes a long time for leaders to emerge themselves, and like, and I think Bryce. We've talked about this a lot, but it feels like he's kind of just figuring out how to do it now. And I do think he he's is a, growing into it. He's right, growing into right. it. Right. And I do think he's a good he leader. He was always the young guy on the Nationals. Right. Like he was the kid who came in at 19, the phenom, but he was never like the leader guy. He was never the leader guy. So I think he's, I think he'll get better. But even he's like, he's like Bryce Harper, you know, like he's, he's a, he's like a, st- a superstar in the sport. Like he kind of, and you have all the publicity around him. Like it's almost tougher for him to be a leader because you know, he's such a big star and all that stuff. So I don't know. I just, I was thinking that over the weekend and I've thought it for a long time. And I just, I just think it's going to take a little while for this team to eventually get good on the road because I don't think any of them, A, like they don't know, how to, they don't, I don't think they know how to win together. And I don't think they know how to, to, to compete. And, and, you know, it just takes a while for, for that camaraderie to build. And, you know, that they're bringing in a bunch of outside parts and hoping it can fix. And that's why, that's why the farm system, that's why Brian Barber and all the minor league guys that we talk about a lot on this podcast, like they need to, they need to, to build this from within. And Bryce is very committed to the farm system, but it's on those guys to come up and, and play the Phillies way and, I mean, playing the Phillies way may not be a great thing, given how what we've seen on the road. But like, it's just it, I can't take it anymore. Like, you can't win long term by bringing in outside pieces. You have yeah. to you have to win from within. So, I think that's the key problem with the road stuff. Yeah, and again, you're like you've talked about the key problem with the organization. The number one thing that we've all said from the beginning forever that is the thing that needs to be fixed. Um, so I'm I'm 100 percent with you there. All right, let's uh, let's get into some specific guys from the weekend. Let let look, um, you know, we've already done the jokes and the the Nola Ace thing and all that, and you know, whatever. We're not gonna, you know, do that whole thing. But but in reality, like to the people, and look, I think there's there's some of them in every Phillies fan, and I think we all are to varying extents. Where it's like, look, Aaron Nola is one of the ten to twelve best pitchers in Major League Baseball. He's certainly the best pitcher on the Phillies, but like, um. There is a frustration at times and certainly, you know, like I think more, you know, like not like last night was this monumental start, but like you and I both texted each other and said, like, we need Nola tonight. We need it. Like after that loss last night, you need your ace to come out and bring it. And, you know, I think, you know, more potently you can point to those two September starts at the end of last year with a chance to get the playoffs where he just whiffed. Um, and we've seen it, you know, in the past as well, like. To those people, like, how do you kind of talk to the people who, because obviously there are just some people who are just going to underrate Nolan and be like, he's not an ace, whatever. And then there are going to some people who are kind of going to go the other way and be like, his numbers are amazing. What about those people in the middle? Like, where are you kind of at with that? You know what I mean? He's got to, he's got to do it. Like, it, it just, it just feels like he's, he's not going to step up when we need him. Like, yeah. it, and it's. It's just it's annoying because like I want it to happen because I love Aaron Nola and I love watching him pitch, but it just it just happens too often where it's like it's like oh we got our ace in the hill like we need to stop and it's like five runs it's like what are we come on man like 
please. Like, just, just please. Come on. Um, so, you know, he's a very good pitcher. He's the ace of this team. But he's he's got to overcome this. You know, like this, and 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 I'm not, I'm not writing it off. It's just that's the next step in his progression. You know, that's why that's why I thought Eflin's start on Friday was so awesome, because Eflin also has problems against the Braves. Like he has had problems. He had the heavy body thing or heavy legs thing a couple years ago on July Fourth. Like, like he almost needed to overcome the Braves too. And what he did was seven innings. Oh, sorry, not seven innings. Six and two six. thirds. So yeah, can, so you we need can, to use Brogdon. That's fine. Yeah, so was, we can it was get important to, right to get I, Christian Pache or whatever eight run lead at that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. So six and two thirds um, before he had to face the ever you know scary Christian Pache. Um, but whatever. It's just like that was a big start for him to say, "Hey, I can do this." And I just feel like Nola almost like. The Braves, it's almost like the old uh, the old Pedro thing with the Yankees. You know, like the Yankees are my daddy or whatever. Like, that's how I feel like with Aaron Nola heading into these starts against the Braves. Like, Aaron Nola is great against everyone else. But on the road against the Braves, I just don't trust them to get the job done because it doesn't happen. So, um, like, 2018, he was great. Like, he went up to, he went up to Boston and he shut them down. He went to Washington and he struck out Harper in the eighth. And it's like... Awesome. But since 2018, it's just these big moments on the road. I just, you know, I used to think that, I used to think when Aaron Nola got into the playoffs, we're going to see like a Cole Hamels-like run where it's going to be like, this guy is cool, calm, collected, doesn't get uh, you know, flustered by anything. And I just don't, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't know if he gets flustered, but it's just, it's the, he needs to overcome this, this hurdle. And the Braves seem to be like his hurdle. And it was just another example last night, and it fuels the whole NOLA discussion. We all know he's one of the top 10 to 12 pitchers in baseball. But for him to get up into the upper echelon, top eight, you know, he's got he's to figure this stuff out. And it's, it's annoying, and I hope it's not in his head too much, but um, it's, it's just the reality of the situation. Both things can be true. He can be the ace, but he also needs to get better in the situation. So that's where I'm at with NOLA. Yeah, we're like exactly the same place. I feel exactly the same way. And I think it's a, a kind of a good, just like, you know, very visceral way to to judge it. And I think you nailed on it. And you mentioned it before with Hector. It's like the same idea of like when Hector Neris comes in a game, like I don't feel fully confident. Like I believe in Hector. I think he's a really good pitcher. But if it's a one run game or, you know, if it's, a, you know, a, a, the heart of the Braves lineup coming up or whatever, I'm not like sure Hector Naris is going to get the job done. And it's the same thing with Nola, whereas like if it's Jacob deGrom and it's that spot where his team just, you know, we don't curse on this podcast, but bleeped the bed the night before in the dramatic fashion they did against a division rival in Atlanta where you need the game to stay in first place. Like Jacob deGrom's giving you seven innings, one run at worst. Like that's a bad outing in that spot for Jacob deGrom. You know what I mean? Like, it just is what it is. Like, he's not that. He's not Jacob DeGrom. He's not Shane Bieber. Like, he's not quite that level. He's not Garrett Cole. Like, he's the next cut down. And, like, if he wants to even be mentioned in those groups, those, like, you know, capital A ace, if you want to put it that way, he has to be better in these spots because anecdotally, whether it's true or not, like, I feel like if it's, a, a like, September last year, again, like, and those weren't even against great teams at, at times. Like, like, he needs, we need to feel like what you talked about before, that feeling that you had like inherently that when Aaron playoff Nola, like that's been a thing we've talked about in this pod, you know, like, like that was based on a belief in who Aaron Nola is and his demeanor and all that stuff that when it, when it mattered most, like that guy was just going to, 
be be nails and and evidence since then to the contrary makes you have to say like all right i need to see him do it more like i need to see it happen more before i'm going to say like in this mass like massive spot i completely trust that aaron is going to go out and give me you know eight run eight innings two runs or whatever you know you need you know yeah yeah i mean and it, and i don't think like I don't think this is us saying he's not an ace. It's just there, no. there's there's different check marks that these guys have to hit, and he's not. I mean, he's not Jacob Degrom. I mean, I was actually thinking the other day, of like, not. like where would you? Real quick sidebar: Where would you rank Degrom amongst? So I was thinking best pitcher since like 2000. So I was thinking Randy Johnson, Pedro. Actually, I was gonna do best pitcher since like 96. So I right. second. I told you this. Like in terms of like, and again, like. This is one of those like really hard things to do because like what Randy Johnson accomplished and Randy Johnson would be like my top, those would be my top three pitchers I've seen in terms of like utter dominance. And then you got like Maddox and then, you know, there's the whole Clemens thing and there's all these other guys. Well, there's, like, there's also Kershaw. There's, there's Kershaw, Scherzer. There's Schilly, yeah. They're like dominant, dominant people. But Berlander. I think in, I think in terms of like in the moment, Halliday. watching the guy be Halliday. Yes. I think in terms of in the moment, Watching the guy pitch, I feel like Pedro's the only one I feel like super confident. And not even then, I, let's say I feel confident is better than what I'm watching with DeGrom right now. Like, yeah. that's the only one I feel like, all right, 99 Pedro, like, yeah, that's the best pitcher I've ever seen in my lifetime. Like, I thought it in the moment. I've thought it ever since. It's never changed. Like, DeGrom right now, like, you know, the last, this, this, you know, what if, if he stays healthy, he'll probably be three straight Cy Young run of DeGrom. That's, that's the best, and and Randy Johnson in his prime is the only other one that's like it's those three. But I think Degrom is probably second. I do wonder how. I wonder if you flipped eras, what what it would look like. like obviously, the strikeouts more prevalent now. Um, it's unbelievable. I want to talk about that later. We'll get to that. Like the strikeouts more prevalent now. So, but also the hitters are better now than they were in the in the Pedro and and Randy Johnson era. I would say. Um, well, there's no arguing just pure numbers that right now is the, I mean, it's the year of the pitcher. It's the day of the pitcher. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, no, I know. I just think the hitters are more talented. Like if I had, to... I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong about that, but I mean, just pure number. I mean, again, it's like the league average, like 234 yeah. right now. I mean, like strikeouts are, you know, it, I mean, we'll get to it. Cause I do want to get to it, it after crazy. we get to some, like towards the end, but like, I mean, like the the league wide strike average is twenty five percent, Jack. Ugh. I mean, twenty five percent for uh, for like the average. Um, I mean, like that's bad. Last thing on Nola before we move on is, and I don't want to keep harping on JT, but like, you know, the first the first you should this is your thing now. The first this is on De- Joe DeCamera's quoting Jack Fritz on WIP today. Like, uh-uh. this is now your thing, your yeah. new thing. JT calling a game. Well, the yeah. floor is yours. Well, now now I'm going to be labeled as like I didn't want them to sign JT. It's like <laughs> JT hater. Yeah, yeah. It's like like Marx is trying to like make me out to like the the, the nappy. I'm tweet sign JT all year and yeah. turn on the guy. Yeah, he's like he's like what do you want nappy? I'm like dude, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he needs to call a better game. But like like yesterday was another example of him getting curveball happy and him getting changeup happy. And it's like how many Aaron Nola starts do we have to watch where we have to understand that those pitches are only good when he gets fastball command. I don't care how long it takes for him to find it. He is a field pitcher. He will find fastball command. And he got there in the fourth inning. He was 95 pain in the outside corner. Maybe we wouldn't have a blow-up like we had if we were sticking to the fastball and not using the changeup and curveball 
to to try to fool hitters. Those pitchers are those pitches with Aaron are only great when the fastball is being commanded to both sides of the plate. That is that is how they play off each other. That's how he's great. When Aaron Nola's on, he's on because it's fastballs to both sides of the plate that he can command and has those pitches off of. So like stop with the curveballs and change-ups early in a game. Just stick to the game plan of fastballs. So um yeah, it just it just it drives me crazy. It drives me insane. Now, he did it well with Vel- like like to his credit, he called a good game with Velasquez on Saturday because Velasquez has to remind himself that he has other pitches, you know, cuz he has to figure out how to pitch rather than throw. So like reminding him, "Hey, curveball here, change up here," just so he can c- continue pitching and get guys off his fastball. Good game plan. Aaron Nola, bad game plan. So, that's my JT thing. Well, and you would hope, look, Caleb Cotham, you hope that he's, if, if, if you're here saying, Hey guys, uh, it's pretty wild. The ERA numbers, uh, when, and obviously look, there are a lot of factors. Yes, First of all, it's 35 game sample size. So even less for each catcher and you know, the Matt Moore starts and all, mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of variables to this, but like, if it is really a thing, you would hope that I, I think you and I of, of, you know, all the complaints we have about this right now or whatever, like, I think we both agree we are a hundred percent all in fully in on Caleb Coth and what he's done so far and what he can do. So I feel like that's the kind of thing that if it, that, that that could be corrected internally. I don't, I'm not super concerned about it long term, long term, but I do think it's a really fair thing to bring up. Um, It's pretty pretty uh, crazy. I mean, Cotham still, I mean, still like whenever he goes out to the mound, it's like (laughs) a guy gets out of it. The next it's, it's immediate. It's humble. This guy's like a whisperer. Man, I, I've been so impressed with this guy so far. I mean, like, look, just what Vinny's doing alone, I, I think uh, that alone, you're like, wow, this guy. Um, all right, anything else on the starters before uh, I get to the lineup stuff? Um, uh, well, I thought Eflin was great. I mean, I just, I, I like watching Eflin a lot. Uh, Vinny, Vinny was fine. Like, he still, like, won't get a curveball over for a strike or anything, but, um, but, you know, he's, he's definitely better than Matt Moore. So, you know, take hey. that. Take that for what it is. Um, And we get to see Chase Anderson tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Um, All right. Uh, Anything on the ball? Like, bullpen, we talked mostly about Nurse. Would you? We talked last time about Coonrod. Like, how close are you to wanting Coonrod to be the closer? Not yet. Not yet. I do do think – I do think he would be good at it. But also, I – I do want to see a little bit more out of him. You know, he he was pretty bad for the Giants last year. He was no 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 no. He was horrific for the Giants. Like pretty bad is an understatement for what he was for the Giants. Last yeah. Year. Also on the Coonrod thing, uh, dude, Carson Ragsdale is disgusting. And I'm, I know. All right. I, I, I as soon as I said that last pot, I'm looking at friggin' these videos of this guy friggin' like oh. All right, well, yeah, well, listen. Way to go, Clentac. Like I said, way to go, whoever. I Rice, was actually no nah, Donovan Chespat. Donovan Chespat. That was on me. Dombrowski was here, although <laughs> he was okay. Though. Although okay, he, told, I agree. he did credit the analytics staff to uh, to to getting him. So, um, but yeah, no, he's he's but but I but like you know he does seem to have the closer ish mindset where it's like a, and i and i do like throws hard man. i i like guys that just throw hard late in games it, it, like hector is great with the splitter and that stuff but it's and it looks way uh softer this year uh but it's still 93 you know i, I would like my closer to be upwards or closer to 100 it's just and this is going to sound very simplistic 
but 100 miles an hour is hard to square up. It's just it's hard to consistently square up, and I think his off speed, especially especially in the ninth inning when you're tired, when you've played a full baseball game, like it's it's like whatever two percent, three percent, four percent harder to square up. Yeah, exactly. So I think he could do it. Um, I, I I like the idea of him doing it more than I li- like. I don't want Alvarado doing it. Uh, just because, like, I need a lefty that's good, and I think he... it, I, there, you can't do that. Yeah. He's like your only lefty weapon. Right. Like, I mean, it, you need a lefty in a big spot. It, it absolutely has to be him. Yeah. So yes, agree. Archie obviously could do it. He's done it before, but um, I like Coonrod's stuff a little bit better. Um, and I, I just like the idea of being able to use Archie six, seven, eighth, and and not locking him into one spot. Like, I feel like Coonrod. You could lock him into one spot and he'd be pretty good. So, um, not 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 pressing the panic button on Hector just yet. Like he's been really good this year, um, uh, but it just feels like again, I don't know. I'm 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 always worried about him, and we'll see. And there could be a lot of pressure to to make the move there. If I had to remove Hector from closing, which I'm not doing yet, I would put Coonrod back there. Yeah, 100% with you on all fronts. Not doing it yet, but Coonrod be my next choice. I think Archie is too valuable as a. You know, Swiss Army nice knife, high leverage guy for you who like can literally come in in any spot in the game and and pitch well to rights and lefties for you. And also it's just the you know a guy you trust in those spots. Um, all right, to the lineup. Um, let's start with Kutch. Uh, look, I mean, we all know he has been a shockingly bad defensive player this year. Like really, almost shock. Like it's shocking. Like they're stunning how bad he is. But he's getting hot. That's picking up a little bit, Jack. Where you at with Kutch? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. The, the, like he pretty much cost him the game on on Saturday. As... Yeah, you get pretty much. Yeah. yeah I no mean, doubt. I mean, the ball in the corner. It's like, oh, come on. It's a disaster. Come like, on, Andrew. Come on. What are you doing? But to his credit, I mean, he's he's definitely picked it up at the plate. And I I really like what Joe did with the lineup last night of McCutcheon, Segura, one two, and yeah. Two. Like it's it's it's, Segura is just scorching hot. And oh good thing Joe took him out of the game on Saturday. Yeah. Dude, he's gotta someone's what is up with the double switches? Like it's like do I do you agree we need the double uh the DH here just to stop Joe from double switching for Christ's sake? To save I like honestly I'm wondering if we need a a, an an intervention with Joe. Like Joe Joe, come come sit down. Like we we need to talk about this. Like it was for two spots in the lineup. He gained two spots in the lineup to take your best freaking hitter out of the game in a in a freaking extra innings game. Like a game that was had a real chance to go to extra innings. I know it wasn't yet. They were winning, but still, it's like do like a chance. Like what are you doing? If Segura's up in the tenth in that spot, first and second, no, maybe you don't even go to the eleventh. Like anyway. Well, yeah, he, he had to double switch Segura out of the game. That's that's not the problem. It's the first double switch. No, he did not have to switch double Segura out of the game. Mm, he did. No, he did yes, not. Yes, he did. Yes, he no. did. Yes, he no. did. No. I'm double switching anyone else out of the lineup before I'm double switching Gene Segura out of the lineup at that spot. Why are you taking your best player out? And he's a good defensive second baseman. Like, what are you doing? You don't need to do that. But you need, you need, <laughs> but you needed two innings out of Alvarado. So I'll let a pitcher bat. I don't care. I would let a pitcher bat before I'm getting Gene out of the game in that spot. Like, this is crazy, Jack. I'm just saying, like, I, I, you need two innings out of Alvarado. What if he comes up at the plate and, you know, it's a big situation? It, 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 the problem, the, the, I agree. I agree. Double switching Gene Segura out of the game is not the, like, I would never, I wouldn't do it. All I'm saying is that the more, the bigger problem is the first double switch to where you get into that scenario where which you have. Which leads to that scenario. Right. Agree. Which, Either way, like, 
enough. Enough. Well, the bigger problem, the big like Segura out of the game, whatever. The biggest problem is that it takes Connor Brogdon out of the out of using him later in the game or getting two innings out of Connor Brogdon. Like you can't get you can't get two innings out of him at that point because another, yeah, another great point. Well, another great point. And and it worked out because Nappy bunted and they scored runs on it. But the downside was that he had to go to Eniel De Los Santos in a 7-4 ball game and not be able to use Connor Brogdon because of the previous double switches. Stop double switching. Like just make a normal pitching change. It's like <laughs> like like it honestly it's hurt them more than it's helped them like I know. T- times I know. a thousand. Like the on- the one that worked was Roman Especially Quinn. You have such a bad bench too. Like yeah. you shouldn't be looking for ways to get Scott Kingery in a baseball game. Like I'm sorry. Like you should be looking for ways to not put Scott Kingery listen, in a baseball listen, game. Listen, listen, Joe. It's not literally everyone doesn't have to play. Joe, if you end up at a point where Scott King is your third baseman and Nappy's your first baseman, you've yeah, done you, something wrong. You blew it, man. Like there's you you've, you've done something wrong. Um so yeah, but like it's tough. It's it's tough. <laughs> but it's tough it's tough. Like the Segura thing is is bad, I know. But it's like I don't know. It's 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 putting Mayton in the left field versus whatever. It gets just if you just stop double switching, it would be better. All right. Um Reese, you just we just talked about dropping him in the lamp. We both agree with that move 100%. But what's going on? Like the power of it. Look, he's hot and cold. We know that. The power's been there for the most part. He's yeah. cooled down a bit. But but he's hit home runs. But like 284 on base percentage? Like yeah. of all things, the only thing we've been able to count on with Reese Hoskins consistently, even when he was having his like, you know, worst player in baseball slump, was that he would walk, that he would get on base. Like what's going on, man? Well, he's back to trying to hook everything. Um, you know, when when Reese is going well, he's trying to, you know, hit the ball to right center field gap, and that that's good, Reese. That's where you want Reese to be at. But even like I, I really noticed it. I think the first game of the series, where again he's just he, he's just trying to yank everything, and um, and I think that's honestly why he dropped him so far in the lineup is because I think I think Joe saw what a lot of us were starting to see, where he was trying to, you know, a ball in the outside corner. He's trying to to hook down the third baseline. And it's like that's that's not where we need him to be at. I mean, he it's it is it's not great right now. Like he just he just needs to stick with the approach of right center field gap and 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 staying in line, staying in rhythm. And it's just he gets out of whack. And this is why he goes through the streaks that he goes through. Like when Reese Hoskins is hot, he's the best. I mean, remember the Reese Hoskins hot streak from like two weeks ago? It was amazing. It was it was exi- it was exhilarating. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember. Yeah, you are old great. enough to remember. But when he gets in in these slumps, like he just can't get himself out of it, and it turns into like a month of bad straight games, and then it's like, oh well, now he's gonna have to climb his way out of it, and he's batting 300 for like a for like a two week stretch, and then it's like, okay. But the walking thing's crazy. I I like that he's you know being more aggressive and whatnot, but like. The walk rate is is way down, and the strikeout rate is up by ten percent. So it's not exactly uh, not exactly great because that shows that he's still working deep counts, but he's not you know producing with it. Yeah, he needs to get going. Didi, you know, has been slow. Needs to get going. Harper, I'm not. I think Harper, it's a timing thing. He's got it in the face. What else? Anything else in the lineup that kind of sticks out to you before we get to the take bag and a new. Uh, it's not really a game, more of a segment that I'm going to drop on you. Uh-oh, you're dropping a segment on me? Yeah. I mean, uh, it might be a one-time only. It might be a thing. I don't know. But I'm going to drop a segment on you that you don't know about. It's going to be good. Uh, no, I mean, like, like, man, Bohm is really, like, 
I keep waiting for him to come out of it. Um, but he just got to do it at this point. Like he's still hitting the ball hard. He's still doing the the right things. It's just, it's not, it's not translating at all. I mean, he, he's got to, he's got to get the ball in the air and into the gaps and, and whatnot, because every time he hits it hard, it's like right at a first base, second baseman shortstop. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like he's, he has hit more balls right to fielders hard than anyone else this season. Yeah, I mean, like almost more than I've ever seen. So it's unbelievable. And 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 let's be fair too; he has hit some hard balls that people have made great plays on too. Like he has been unlucky on top of that. He has been. But man, does he line out hard to to every position on the field consistently? Yeah, it's like it's where I'm at with with Bohm is almost like I need him to get to the off season so he can kind of like fix and and correct those mistakes. Like like. The league is clearly adjusted to him. Now it's on him to adjust back. And I really think it might not be this year. Like, we might be getting a 230 season out of Alec Bohm or whatever. Um, but I, I think he, I think it's going to be that thing that he corrects this offseason. And next year, he's going to come back and we're going to be like, whoa, there's there's the Alec Bohm. But realistically, I think it's one of those years where he, he's like a oh, two, 230. That's a very pessimistic take, Jack. Well, because, because I just think that he... Here's the thing. I trust Alec Bohm a lot, and I think he's a really hard worker, and I think he worked a lot on his, uh, his defense this offseason, and I'm not saying he didn't work hard on his hitting, but he's he's one of those guys that improves things like incrementally, and I just don't know if it's going to happen this year. Like Realistically, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I don't know if he's going to go on that streak where he's where he's getting back up to being a 270, 280 hitter, you know, it's. I think it's gonna be one of those things that he has to correct and and work on this offseason. It, and it's it's more just. I trust the guy. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to be a great player. I just think it's gonna take a little while for him to learn how to adjust back. And by continuing to hit balls hard right at people, it's just gonna create more problems with, with his mind of like, am I doing something wrong? Am I doing something wrong? And then the natural instincts don't take over. So, um. It's 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 a frustrating place to be at with Bomer, um, but I just I just I don't know if I see it happening this year where he's gonna go on one of those like really long streaks and we're gonna see the real Alec Bohm show up. Like I think it might be something he has to correct this offseason. All right, what do you got in the take bag? And then I got a game and I wanna I wanna ask you a question about strikeouts. Oh great. Um, I don't really mm-hmm. don't, I don't have much in the take bag. Like Matt okay. Matt Moore has been <laughs> brutal. That um, more, yeah, per usual, out of the bullpen. Um, so, so Brogdon, like, he was getting like rips for for Saturday or whatever, and it's like, it's like, hold on, he comes into a game with a runner on second base. The yeah, first he do freaking the, like wasn't his fault. Yeah, the first ball's like you know we we, a we ground ball. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's this like perception that he hasn't been pitching well recently, and like because because I tweeted on Friday like. Why are you wasting Brogdon right now? And the people are like, well, yeah. you got to get him right. It's like, all right, first off, the, the Giants game was horrible, right? Obviously, we know it was horrible. But then the only time he allowed another run was when it was a freaking hurricane on the field. Like, Brogdon's fine. Like, he's he's going to be good. I, tr- I trust Connor Brogdon a lot. And I think I think it's gotten a little bit too out of control. And honestly, that's what's so annoying about baseball. It's like a guy has one bad outing and people are like, oh, why is he even here? It's like, come on. That guy stinks. Yeah. Like, it's uh, the, the baseball takes sometimes drive me crazy. Um, uh, and my, my only real thing in the take bag is like, I'm never one that's, you know, uh, you know, I don't like off days. I needed this off day. Like I, I, dude, I said the same thing earlier today. 
I, I'm so with you. I hate off days, but I was like, man, it's a lot. It, I mean, this weekend was draining watching this baseball team. So, uh, needed one, needed it. And, uh, you know, down in Washington, uh, will be a, another big test. I think the Nationals think. Oh, hold on. One more thing from the take back. The Braves lineup is not good. Like, I was like watching them all weekend. Like, I get it. Acuna's amazing. Freeman's amazing. Uh, Albies is fine. But, like, man, that's what was so frustrating is that that lineup sucks. And, like, the way we talk about them, it's like, oh, they're going to go on a run. It's like, man, they have, like, after the first four, I Austin Riley's going to fall off a cliff. Like, 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 Dansby Swanson sucks against everyone but the Phillies. Like, they're not that good. The Contreras kid isn't that great. Like, the Phil- the Phillies lineup is is way better than the Braves lineup, top to bottom. Like, just figure it out and figure out how to beat this team because they're not that great. They're not that great. I swear they're not that great. Also, the Tyler Matzik double play last night was the coolest thing I've seen on the baseball Unbelievable. field. Unbelievable. Like, it was crazy. Forever. Forever. <laughs> that was crazy. Like, that play was nuts. It was like the, was like the Cliff Lee's play, like, times It 10. was. Yeah, times a million. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, all right. Uh, segment in a second, but quickly on the strikeout thing, because obviously, look, we, we get the rabble people are talking. I mean, like, so the league average is 234, um, lower than 1968, of course, the famed year of the pitching. There were over a thousand, well over a thousand strikeouts in April. Uh, never happened before in any month in the history of baseball. Um, you're a pitcher. You're, you know, always going to be on the side of pitchers. And we'll, you know, I'm sure what, like we always, you know, we'll talk about what can make the game better. And you and I are both, you know, we love the game. We love baseball, but like there is definitely a, a, a best version of baseball. Um, and you know, what do you say about the strikeouts? Like as, as someone who comes to that pitching background, like I, I am starting to come around to the idea that strikeouts are the single biggest problem in the sport right now. Um, and I think they might need to do something about it. You know what's weird is that I generally don't notice them, I, and and maybe it's just a blind spot, or maybe I just respect like how good these guys are today. Um, and I just I honestly I honestly watch games and I don't notice the strikeouts, and maybe that's because I grew up in this era, to where you know back in the day people would be like ah you know hit the ball the other way. It's like well it's hard to do when Degrom's hitting hundred and pounding yeah. you inside. So. Um, you know, there's some games from like, all right, just you know, you know, put the ball, in, put the ball in play. Like it, it is important and all of that. But honestly, I don't notice it as much as people tell me the strikeouts are where they are. Because I guess I've watched it the last couple of years, and um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's, I the sport needs more balls in play. Like that's just yeah. that's just flat out. It's just what it is. It's 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 the it's, best version of baseball is one where pitchers work a little bit quicker, and where the ball is in play more. Yeah, that's it. And they're not nibbling, and and they're just yep. yeah. I mean, it's strikeouts are great. I mean, we all know the the Kerry Wood twenty k game and Scherzer twenty k game, and like that's cool. That's awesome. It's 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 fun to to be there and be a part of that. Um, but it's like when these scrub pitchers, you know, are having a lot of strikeouts and stuff, and you know, I mean. They're fun every once in a while, those big starts, but ultimately, you know, it, they need to to, to 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 figure this out a little bit, and and because and, the ball has to be put pitchers. In play. 
pitchers are just too good now. Like, and also there's so much science on the pitching side. Like the science for pitching is so much better than, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like it's so much better. It's so much more advanced than the science for hitting all that stuff. Like, like again, Jack, I mean, you will agree with this when Wade Miley is throwing no hitters, Pitching's probably got a little bit too much of an advantage. Is that fair? Yeah. Well, and uh, I guess I guess I guess we're doing an impromptu take back. Like, there's too many no hitters. Like, okay, hold up. No, you're stepping on my segment. You're stepping on my segment. All right, let's get to the segment. Here is the segment. I figure, you know, we're big. Like, you know, why not Mick? We've had a few why nots. So I want to introduce a segment, and we'll see if it ever happens again. But for today, we're doing it, and it's called Why Not Us, Jack. And the no hitter was the thought of it. Because, like you said, too many no-hitters. This is getting ridiculous. When when Wade Myers throwing a no-hitter and Sean Maniah has a perfect game in the seventh inning the same night, and it's like, so too many no-hitters, I agree. But, Jack, why not us? Why can't we get one of these no-hitters? Why isn't Aaron Nola throwing a no-hitter? Why isn't Zach Wheeler? Th- Wouldn't it be fun for all the freaking Phillies you watch, all the Hector Neris games like the other night or the, you know, blow whatever that we have, like, could we get a night where we get to watch a no-hitter? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I know we got it with Roy, but that was a long time ago. Well, and Cole. We got a no-hitter at the age of the no-hitter. Well, what about Cole? Yeah, 2013, you're right. 2015, still, 2015. 2015, excuse me, 2015, you were correct. But it, it, still, it is, because uh, I, I was thinking about, every time I see a no-hitter, I think about the, the Hamels one. Because like I just remember sitting there and... Uh, I, think about, I think about Docs, both of them. Yeah, I know, but I... Like I was still relatively young for those. Like I was a, an adult for the for the Hamels one. So it was like I was at. Remember the Terry Mahalan one, Jack? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, listen, we don't wanna, don't want to. Almost age, perfect age. game that Mahalan one. People forget it's almost perfect game. Anyway, go ahead. Who could ever forget the Terry Mahalan one? But but yeah, I always yeah. just I always remember like you know Jill had to go do something, so I was like in her parents' house. It was just me. And I just watched nine innings of a Hamels no hitter, and it's like, wow, this is like the greatest thing on earth. Um, I, if I had to place bets, the next no hitter is coming from Eflin. I'm, I, if I could bet on an Eflin no hitter, I'm betting on an Eflin no hitter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, two more. Why not us? Okay. Uh, second. Why not us? The Braves signed Shane Green for a million and a half, Jack. Mm-hmm. Why not us? Yeah, they're they're signing all these guys. They signed Tanner Roark today. Um, yeah, another guy. I'd take Tanner Roark over freaking Matt Moore, Vinny Velasquez right now. Yeah, today. I'd rather. I'd rather. Slot him in. No, no. I'd rather have. I'd rather have Vinny than Tanner Roark. No, really? Tanner Roark is terrible. He's he is oh, beyond. I've not paid attention. I know clearly the fact that he's not on a team right now would, would symbolize that. But Tanner Roark from two three years ago. Yeah, be. well, he's not Tanner Roark from two years two or three years ago. But, but Shane Green. Yeah. Why not us? Yeah, like seriously, it's a million and a half. You know, it's a million and a half. Just, just, I mean, he probably wanted to go back to Atlanta, but still, um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Just, oh, let's lengthen the bullpen with more talented arms, even though the peripherals say he's probably going to get lit up one of these years. Whatever. I mean, he's closed games before. I mean, technically, so is Brandon Kinsler, and he's not amazing, but. Um, <laughs> Kinsler had a good night the other night. I know. That was some big pitching. Oh, listen. He salty. A few guys who didn't let us down that night. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Why not us? All right, last one. And uh, this one isn't necessarily talking to you as much as talking to this person. Uh, why not us? Uh, Jim Nance, since you're yep. out of a job right now, you can come on the IOS podcast mm-hmm. once a week. We'll take Jim Nance. So why not a segment with Jim Nance once well, a week? What do you think? I mean, Jim Nance doesn't know baseball. <laughs> oh, it's good. You're I mean, right. Come on. If he knew baseball, he'd be out of a job. 
Uh, what do you think of Why Not Us? Is that uh, good? I like it. I like it. I was actually, I was actually, I'm going to throw one at you. Oh, an impromptu one. I like it. Dude, can I just get like, I mean, I know Bryce does it sometimes, but like, can I just get a freaking like no doubter home run? From, like, oh, Jack. Like I watch like Yerman Mercedes and it's like, this guy hits tanks. And you know, all of, I feel like all of our home runs just sneak over the wall. Like Harper ones don't, but like. I want a guy with like dumb power, you know, that could like really hit some balls like far out of CBP. Like, just give me a guy that can mash. I love this. Why not us? I am so, I, yes, like someone who's just going to hit the ball in the moment you see. I'll get JT have one like that. Whatever the one um, of uh, the Brewers games ago, game, it, yeah. the Brewers game, like that was one of those. I want more of those. I want ones where even when you're because T- TV is so deceiving. We all know it. we watch most of the games on TV. You don't go down to the game every night. Like, like there are those ones where off the bat, you're like, oh, we got it. And then it's like a warning track shot. It's like not even close or like not even warning track. Like that JT one was one where I was like 100 percent sure no matter what, like it was gone on TV. And I'm sure in person it was even more. I want more of those. I love Agreed. that, Jack. Yeah, I just I, love I, I need I need some like I need some like Homer homers. Like I need some yeah. some yeah. ones I'm gonna I tell like... my kids about. I feel like those home runs only happen like, <laughs> like the, those home runs only happen against us. Um, but yes. I just you know I could on soda. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. We, I can't. We, we gotta face soda this week. I'm I know, so not I looking forward to it. I know. We lucked out. No, no Scherzer. So that's something at least. Well, they sh- they've lucked out on missing out on aces. I mean, they've missed. Yeah, they've yeah, missed. They really the, have. They've missed the Grom. They've missed Flaherty. Um. So yeah, they miss. They miss another ace. More and... of that. More of that. All right. You got any final thoughts, Fritzy? Ah, uh, no. I'm gonna get out of here and enjoy a night, which is you know saying a lot considering a the, rarity this weekend rarity. of Phillies baseball. Phillies baseball. All right. Uh, we'll be back later in the week. Um, just, can you please Philadelphia Phillies, like two or three, all right, on the road, like, can you, can you freaking win a series on the road? Not asking for the world here, please. He's Fritz himself. See you later. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.